0: This message is brought to you by ABC Church in Ammonford, West Wales. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org. Good
1: morning, everybody. If it's your first time at ABC Church, we give you a very, very warm welcome and a happy New Year to all of us. If you're joining us online, thanks for tuning in. If... If only... I mean... If only things could be different sometimes. If. I don't know what your 2016 was like. I don't know how many ifs you coped with. I don't know what your 2017 is looking like at this moment. And the New Year's resolutions or the things that we're all looking in our lives that we are asking if type questions about. If. If only things could be different. If only my wishes could come true. If there was just one thing God could do for me, it would be... If only my wife would just... If only our husbands would, if, if, if. The title of my message this morning is called, If, If, If. Let's pray, shall we, before we turn to God's word together. Father God, we thank you for the power that's in your word. We thank you for the power of fellowship. Lord, we thank you for your blessings towards us. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Lord, we get to see 2017. How great is your love and how great is your grace. Lord, that you've granted us another year of faithfulness and mercy towards us. Lord, we give you praise. Lord, as we turn to your word if there's one thing we want to ask today it's will you speak into our hearts and our lives by your powerful word if there's one thing that we want today it's for your mighty holy spirit to consume our lives and teach us and lead us into all truth this day lord that we might walk more boldly that we might take ground from the enemy this year in our lives we ask in jesus name Amen. If. Many of you right now are asking if questions about your families. Is there, you know, if, if this could happen for us this year. If only things could be different. If questions about our families. Some of you are asking if things about your health. Wondering what will there be for you. Some of you are asking if things about work and about career. Others of you of a more romantic nature are asking if partner questions. We've got two people that's getting married this year at the church. We wish them well, don't we? But what are the ifs that they are going through? If we could just find a great house at a great price. Amen, James? If we could... Have all these wonderful things happen to us. If, if, if. But if has some component parts to it that I want to share with you this morning from God's word. You see, if we use the word if, there's three things that we are asking or reflecting on by its use. You see, if usually poses a question, doesn't it? We ask the question, if something. We're posing a question. We're asking that something may be That something move forward and that, that something different might happen within our lives. If also, as well as asking a question, has a visionary element to it. We pose the if, looking into a grander future that could be ours if our if would come true. And the third thing that if usually asks for, is that it demands a solution or response to the if question. You know, even if we decide to reflect on things, we normally still use these three component parts of it, the if question, the if visionary, and the if solution. You've heard it before, don't we? When we see people that have made some mistakes, we come and we pose the question and we deliver the solution. If only you'd done it this way. Don't we say that so often? If only things had been different. If, if, if. If only we'd listened to the people that had given us advice. If only I'd read God's word a bit more. If only I maybe prayed about it and sought God's face over the matter, yeah. if only instead of listening to so-called people with so-called wisdom, you know Psalm 1 teaches us about the counsel of the wicked, doesn't it? But the righteous are not so. Yeah. They study His law, His word, they meditate on it day and night. The answers to all our ifs had to be found in this wonderful book that has been given to us by God. If, if, if. In 1895, poet laureate Rudyard Kipling wrote a famous poem that was simply entitled (coughs) If. If you can keep your head When all about you are losing theirs. And blaming it on you. If you can trust yourself. When all men doubt you. But make allowances for their doubting too. And he goes on in his wonderful poem. To ask if, if, if questions. And the if poses the question. Looks for the change that's in it. And demands a response from us. If you can keep your head when all around you are losing theirs, blaming it on you. Can we rise to those kind of challenges this year? If you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowances for their doubting too. If, if, if bible is full of ifs if you read your bible on a regular basis you will see if questions that fall off the lips of so many prophets so many people that are striving to find their place with god and they cast their minds and their spirits and their souls to heaven and they ask if questions it's good to ask ifs of god we've got to hang around for the answer though We say if. So often we are turning to the wrong places to find the answers to our ifs. Can I encourage you at the dawn of 2017 to take this collection? This is a wonderful, wonderful Bible, Biblios, a library, a collection of books, 66 books in God's holy word. This is our canon of scripture, our canon. The word canon that comes from the Greek word canon, (laughs) which means measuring stick or rod. This is the measuring stick or rod of our lives. Don't turn to Stanley, turn to the word of God and measure our lives by this book. 66 books here. The New Testament, 23% of the New Testament written by the Apostle Paul. That 23% written in 13 letters that he writes to some churches and he writes to some people. 13 letters in all. He writes to the church in Rome. He writes twice to the church in Corinth. He writes once to the church at Galatia. He writes once to the church in Ephesus and Philippi and Colossae. And he writes twice to the church at Thessalonica. 13 letters to 10 different churches but he also writes to people not just churches because churches are a collection of people and he writes to three individuals that are in the bible too he writes to timothy twice he writes to titus once and philemon he writes to also paul is an amazing writer I love how he starts his letters and starts all of his chapters. He uses such brief words sometimes. He uses the word but. But God who commendeth his love towards us, says Romans, isn't it? And there's so many buts that we can read in the Bible. He starts with now. He starts with since. He starts with as. He starts with therefore. He starts with so many unusual words when he writes. But in two of these letters that he's written, one that he writes to the church in Corinth and one that he writes to the church in Philippians, he starts three chapters with the same three words. And the three words are if. Can you turn me to the first one of them that we'll read together? I've got three lessons that we can learn from Scripture this morning that maybe will help us answer our ifs for 2017 or our ifs in reflection on 2016. And that we can come around God's Word and and learn for ourselves how does the Apostle Paul teach us to answer if things. And we're going to learn them together. We are going to look at the three ifs. The first if is the if of humility the if of humility turn me to philippians chapter 2 and we're going to read from verse 1 because he begins this chapter by saying this if you have any encouragement from being united with christ if any comfort from his love if any fellowship with the spirit if any tenderness and compassion then make my joy complete By being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Do you know, maybe this year, instead of focusing on all the if questions and all the if answers that we are seeking to find... Maybe what we should do is take this chapter to heart and exercise and commit to putting more humility into our own lives, because the world is short on humility. Have you noticed we've now got <laughs> we've now got a president incumbent in the USA that is now more concerned about tweeting and saying how smart a certain Russian president is, rather than just running a a country. Because I don't know about you, if I was an American, what would I want from president? I'd want somebody who's humble. I want somebody who's prepared to serve the nation for the greater good. Not to be self-serving, but to be others serving. Who wants a humble president? Hands up. Who wants a humble prime minister? Who wants to be led by humble people? In fact, some of the most attractive, incredible people I know were just so humble. I had the privilege for years to be mentored by Pastor Avion, founding shepherd of this house. One thing that he always used to do is to think was just so cool. When anybody used to come to him Or he would hear that people were attending Ivion's church. He would blow a gasket. Don't say that. Please don't say that. Not Ivion's church. It's his church. This church will be here way after I'm gone. And this church holds his DNA today, doesn't it? Doesn't it, church? He has long gone. But he is alive and well through the humility of Christ that was in him that we have experienced. Humility is something so, so powerful. And maybe instead of putting ourselves first when we come and pray and we seek God's face and asking if questions for our family, maybe we should be saying this if. But maybe as a parent, maybe as a husband, maybe as the head of the home that God has called me to play, maybe I need to do more, not out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but humility. Consider my wife and my children better than myself. Maybe it's that kind of humility that will help us answer our ifs this year. If, if if the if of humility there's another chapter that paul the apostle writes to the church in corinth and he starts with another if and we can read it in first corinthians and chapter six where paul writes and he says this if any of you has a dispute with one another Dare he take it before the ungodly for judgment (laughs) instead of before the saints? Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if you are to judge the world, are you not competent to to judge trivial cases? Do you not know that we will judge angels? How cool is that? We will judge angels. How much more the things of this life. Therefore if you have disputes about such matters. Appoint as judges. Even men of little account in the church. I say this to shame you. It is possible there is nobody among you wise even enough to judge a dispute between believers. But instead a brother goes to law against another. And this in front of unbelievers. The Bible is teaching here is. Brothers and sisters, we should not be taking each other to court. We disrespect the Word of God when we do that. We disrespect His teachings. If there is any disagreement between two believers, we need to resolve it amicably. That's what the Bible is teaching. That we shouldn't go and embarrass the church, embarrass the Christian faith, by bringing legal cases between each other in front of the courts. The if of unity. The if of having the tough conversations and working stuff out. You know, if we are humble and we put others, be, uh, put others before ourselves, there is a natural thing that leads to the if of unity because you will find yourself as <laughs> i find myself at every excel conference and it's one of the things i love doing with the guys when we go away you know the guys are so generous you know we're never short on the bills when i go away with the guys you know the girl at pizza hut this year i think she ended up having a 40 quid tip because everybody i can't remember what the bill was 8.99 The lads in a tenner do you know it's amazing to be around generous people And the generous guys and the way that they were behaving, first to the coffee, there was coffee shoved in my hand. Everyone trying to catch each other out by living generous, humble lives of unity. What a cool way to live, isn't it? What a cool way to live. (coughs) The if of unity. Each of us should not look to our own interests, but also to the interests of others. And maybe some of the ifs that we are asking in life are coming from the fact that we are creating disharmony instead of unity. It's your boss's fault. Maybe not. You know, I'm privileged enough to have uh, a girl at, uh, started at, at our company at head office and a uh, real problem three weeks in. Because three weeks in, I couldn't get this girl to disagree with me on anything. She's on a marketing creative team. And uh, I'm I'm just wanting to catch all the innovation and the creative thinking that she has in her head. And I'm saying to her, you know, uh, I think we could do this looking into 2017 and the kind of things that we're looking to do in the business to take it forward. I'm saying, what do you think? And she says, uh, I think that's great. And so it goes on and everything I'm coming up with is great. Now, I know me. And I know a lot of the things that I come up with, they're certainly not great at all. I know a lot of my ideas are wacky. I know that sometimes I come up with some ideas that people go, really? The skill in life is to have people around you that will tell you the truth a lot of the time. So I hired this girl because she's incredibly talented. But, you know, after conversation with her, I came up with this really, really crazy, wacky idea. It was so off the wall, even you would have thought this is really, really, really off the wall. And I pitched it in a meeting that I was having with her, and I said, what do you think about this? And she said, yeah, that could work, was the answer she came up with. And so in the end, I put the paperwork on I side, and I said, can I just ask what's going on? And she said, what do you mean? I said, I've just put the craziest idea in the world in front of you. Because I was expecting you now today, finally, to disagree with me. And then we talked through it. Do you know her problem? She'd worked for four different people in her lifetime that had crushed every good idea or every creative thought she had ever come up with. And she assumed that all people that she would ever work for would be the same. That nobody would want to access her talent or her creativity. That nobody would surely want her ideas, because who is she? But now, after giving her the right to totally disagree with every wacky, crazy idea that we come up with and we're trying to grab the creativity of the team and move things forward, she is just an energized ball of total creativity. The thing is this: the lesson to learn with that is, in the jobs that we are in, we have got to kind of try and push. don't you push the boss. You might have a boss you can't push. Okay, move on. But for your own sanity, all the stuff, the creativity, the thinking, the reasoning that's in you is given to you by God. And so we have got to keep difference and diversity within the framework of unity. And it's one of the biggest challenges at church, it's one of the biggest challenges in family and life, which is to access all the diverse views, access all the diverse opinions that are in church, but still keep the unity and harmony that God commands us to have with one another. We can disagree, but still have unity, can't we? If you don't think that, maybe you need to attend a, a plus group here at our church. Which is the hive of disagreement sometimes. Where people will talk about theological issues and say, I think this, I think that. But these plus groups are the very DNA of our church and our spiritual practice. Which is that we live together in unity and harmony. But we respect the diversity that is in every individual person that's been created in God's image. Amen? Unity. Unity. Can we this year, on the foundation of humility, ask ourselves an if question? And that if, if only there was more unity, if only there was more harmony, what could God do with our service, our heart, and our passion? The if of humility. The if of humility. Unity, And the final if of if, 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 can be found in First Corinthians chapter 13. I love this passage of scripture. I love this because it's so cool. Paul writes and he finishes chapter 12 and he says, Now I show you the more excellent way. If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Does not envy. It does not But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. Thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Now we see... A poor reflection, as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain. Faith, hope, love. But the greatest of these is love. The if of love. And the substance that's below the foundation of humility. Because a foundation needs to sit on something. Doesn't it? Dan has been speaking to the young people and using the narrative of the construction of a house. And Dan was sharing with the young people about a foundation. And the man that built his house on the sandy, uh, the rock and the sandy uh, ground. We need to have our humility and our unity, those foundations of our lives, built On the rock of love. If. 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 Maybe the answers for us this year. When we ask if questions. Reflecting on 2016. And looking towards 2017. Maybe instead of beginning with those traditional ifs. And saying if only things could be this way. If only things could be that way. If only things could be different. If only my wishes could come true. If there was one thing. If only my wife. If only my children. If only the bank. If only the boss. If only the government. If only the world. If only the universe. If only If only, maybe, if we change the song, maybe if we change the tune and say, if only God, you could help me understand your love more purely. If only I would have a revelation of the cross that would be so deep and so impactful, it would change the way I do life. That in realizing because you came and you died for me, that I am now your prisoner. That's the word that Paul uses. He says a prisoner. Because he realizes that he's been bought with the price, the precious blood of Jesus. And gives his life and turns it to a life of service. Serving others. Serving the churches. Serving Timothy and Philemon and others in the Bible maybe we change our ifs and say, if only God, you would fill me with your love. If only Lord, you'd help me to humble myself. And if, oh God, you would help me to be a person that is a peacemaker in every aspect of my life. That I would be a person that's known for bringing unity and harmony everywhere I go. That I speak out for the last, the least and the lost. And that I stand for justice. I stand for truth. I stand for love because of the wonderful ifs that have come into my life and changed the way I now see things. Let's pray, shall we? I don't know what each of you are going through here right now. God has called together as a church here to serve everyone here in our local community and serve the world. And we understand that God has positioned us in a way that we can gather around God's Word as a group of people that believe in Christ, the risen Savior. And believe in the hope that's to be found in Him. And we know sometimes that that's tough. As Paul teaches us, he says that suffering brings about perseverance. Perseverance, character. And character, hope. It's easy to say it. It can roll off our lips. It's another thing to live it when we're going through so much pain and so much suffering sometimes. But church, my message to you is this. Put your refuge in the one who will never let you down. At the start of this year, maybe instead of asking self-centered if questions, can we look for God-centered if answers? And say, oh God, will you just come into my life afresh this year? Will you help me understand what you are doing through the situations and the circumstances I find myself in? And I don't mean to belittle at all anything that anyone in this, per, in this church that's listening or anyone listening online is going through right now. See my heart. I don't want to belittle any situation that you are going through in any way. But what I do want to challenge you is can we look at another option of putting our trust in Him? For our families, for our country, for our careers, for our lives. Oh God, will you come in with your love afresh? And as your love comes in, will you help us to be humble and live together in unity? We ask for Jesus' sake. Amen. Bless each person here this morning. Touch their lives. Bring them to the reality of the life-changing power of Jesus, I ask. For the sake of your Son, who made it all possible.
0: Amen.